You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. I sometimes go to a book group. Somebody asks me to come and talk to their book group. Right. And that's quite interesting. I quite enjoy that. And I'm interested in the different book groups. You know, some of them they get there and they get out the book and they're very serious and they read it and talk about it. And others, oh, well, they drink lots of wine. Just a chance to have a wine and a chat and maybe I've read the book. (laughs) And somebody says, oh, I didn't read the book. There was a wonderful play that came to the queue about based around book groups I can't remember mm. what it was called but it was a one man show a woman mm. <laughs> and uh, and she she introduced the different characters in a book group and and, uh, ah. and the social dynamics of it all and it was you know you get a, a few women together there's a lot of dynamics happening yes there are aren't there <laughs> it's very interesting yes what goes on in, and some are sort of terribly posh with very other oh, yes. people there is and, that um, element in writing, and um, yeah. there's nothing nothing worse than the pretentious <laughs> the pretentious set sometimes, yes, don't yes. you think? And then some of them are very um, a lot of them are very committed. They're very mm. keen. Mm. Mm. Some of them read very serious books, and others mm. Um, mm. Um, mm, don't care much. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you about your um, about your writing journey, and if you could go back to the beginning, knowing what you know now, because there's a lot of wisdom to be had here. What would you advise yourself as a beginning writer? What sort of tips would you give yourself? I suppose, I suppose if I have a regret, and I don't mm. tend to regret things much. I don't no. think that regretting things is a very useful sort of mm. thing to do. It would be that I didn't get organised earlier. See, I was um, I was coming up to my 40th birthday when I thought, you can't keep saying you're going to be a writer one day. You have to make yes. one day happen now. And, and so I got to and made it happen now. Mm. And I think, what if I'd done a Tim Winton and done it at sort of 18 or mm. 19? But I don't know that there's any point in that kind of regret because... Mm. I do think that to be a very young person and publish a book mm. can be quite difficult because you've probably been, you know, you published a book at, say, 20 and you've been mm. thinking about this book probably since you were 12 mm. and so you, you get to work and you get it finished or perhaps you're 25, you're probably mm. not really 20, but you've been thinking about it mm. for most of your life and then... It's out there, and then the publisher says, "Where's the next one?" Yes, that's always the <laughs> you question, been isn't it? Of that much. <laughs> Whereas I think when you start later, you've got so much you want to write about. Mm. There are always ideas, always mm. things that you yes. you you want to do. So I don't know that I even regret that very much because mm. I've written quite a lot of books since mm. that. How many books have you? You written oh, I all think it's up? Twenty two or it might be twenty three, I'm not wow. sure. It's quite a big list if you look in the yes. front of um of Goodbye Sweetheart. Yes. So you know, I and I was lucky when I, mm. when I started I really mm. concentrated and got mm. in and did it. Um and I'm quite interested in the notion of procrastination mm. um because writers are terribly good at that. 
mm. they procrastinate Absolutely. like mad. And, mm. and if you can kind of train yourself out of it, it is quite good. Mm. On the other hand, sometimes procrastination is a good idea. Mm. When you're sitting there sharpening the pencils and, mm. um, you know, polishing up the computer and stuff. <laughs> I was you're going often... to say, do you write with pencil or do you use a computer? I, I mostly longhand? use a computer now. You use the computer. For ages, most of my books were written longhand on right. very nice paper. Kind of oh, thick paper, lovely. yes, and I and I love doing that because mm. it's a kind of slow process, mm. and and slowness is good, I think, when you're writing. Computers yes. tend to be a bit fast, and and it's very interesting because I'd write it would be lined paper, sort of graph paper, mm. and um, and I'd write every second line, and then I'd mm. go through it and I'd cross things out and put other things in. But it was amazing how often when you came back to it. Yes. You crossed out the crossing out and put ticks on the first thing you had yes. and decided that the first thing was better. And the yes. trouble with computers, you see, the first thing is gone, it's lost, you haven't mm. got it anymore. Mm. So um, that's an interesting sort of mm. thing. Um, there is software now that you can have the I'm different <laughs> versions. <laughs> Just thought I'm I'd mention not it. On software. <laughs> Yes, I, I I do know that. It's interesting. But I do know what you're very crash hot on. I have vivid memories of a wonderful presentation you made uh, a few years ago. I think it was the English Teachers Association. And um, you talked about the importance of punctuation. Oh. And I just loved that where you um, talked about the disagreeing with the editor about a particular tell 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 me more about your your view about punctuation and how important it is well i i have my own slightly idiosyncratic punctuation but i know how it works i know what i'm doing with it yes. and i'm trying to get the sound of my voice talking to you so that when i punctuate something it's so that you will you will get exactly the way it's meant to sound Mm. And um, people are always trying to get you to put more commas in or take out semicolons or something. See, I do know how to use semicolons and colons and all that kind of thing because <laughs> it's long enough ago <laughs> when I went to school that they did teach you those things. Mm. And occasionally I've they had... They are teaching them again. They are teaching them <laughs> yes. again and that's very that's good. Very as good. long as the people who are teaching them know what they're doing. I have mm. a fear that the people teaching them haven't been taught either. Yes. But anyway, um, and um, for my last few books, my sister was my editor and she oh, really? was just fabulous. Isn't well, she was wonderful? she was an editor oh, by right. profession, right. but for years she worked at um, the University of Queensland Press. Right. So right. she wasn't much good to me because she yes. had a job, and I yeah. couldn't really expect her to do me. No. But then she stopped that and became a freelance editor, and ah. so the Apricot Colonel books and the ones mm. since until the last one she mm. did. Great, and she was wonderful. And she um, would say things, well, Marion, she'd say, um, I'm the editor. It's my job to tell you these things. You're the writer. You can ignore me if you want. And that, that was quite good. But we'd have some pretty ardent arguments over commas. And um, she'd want usually more commas than I'd want to put in. Yes. 
But one of the most interesting things was... Oh, the other thing she'd want to do was when I'd say, what do you think of this, he asked. And I think, I think still you don't need a question mark in there because you've got he asked. What do you think of this, he asked. And I, I don't believe in too much stuff on the page. I think it's messy. But anyway, um, one day she rang me up and said, oh, she was editing, I think it was the Apricot Colonel. She said, Marion, she was clearly as nervous as could be. And she said, I've got something to say to you. And she was having terrible trouble saying it, I could tell that. And I said, oh, come on, what's up? And she said, I think you should lose the first chapter. (gasps) <gasps> and I, I think she thought I'd kill her. Fortunately, she was in Brisbane. I, was <laughs> I couldn't get my hands on her. She thought I'd be in a rage. And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, she said, um, your character's only 36. Now, my daughters are 36. She's got mm. twins. She said, they're 36. She said, they wouldn't behave like that. You made her a bit too elderly. She's in the garden with her cat and a cup of tea. And I think you've just got to get rid of that. And I thought, she's absolutely right. I've got to get rid of that. I got rid of the first chapter and turned it into a little paragraph of prologue. Right. And and Rosie was stunned because um, she thought, oh, God, she won't let me change a comma. (laughs) What is she going to say when I say lose the first chapter? But I could see that she was absolutely right. And it yes. was the best thing to do. And you want an editor who's sort of fearless like that. Absolutely. Plucks up a courage and mm. says, mm. Oh, you shouldn't mm. do this. Yes, but, but of course sometimes uh, you have to be strong too. And sometimes reject. editors aren't yeah. right. They're not mm. good. Um, I remember I had an editor once and she was doing such terrible things Mm. And I finally rang up my agent and burst into tears and said, I can't stand this. She's changing everything. It's so bad. Mm. And so my agent rang up the publisher and said she can't stand it. And I was talking to Gary Crew, you know, the children's writer. And Gary said, she's a fabulous editor. I can't write anything without her. And I Ah. thought, that's typical. She's right for him. She wasn't She's not right, right for me. For you. And, and that's a personal relationship. It's a very personal isn't it? relationship. And it's a very interesting. Um, yeah. I've had. Uh, I work with lots of editors for my writers, and um, you know, I've put forward an editor who was absolutely so loved by other writers, and they've rejected her. You know, yes, because yes. it just wasn't the right. Fit. They don't. It's, no. it's kind of interesting how it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember with some book or other, the publisher said, oh, this person, this is a new editor, it was before Mm. I had Rosie, Um, she said, she just loves your work, she just Mm. loves it. But the first piece of editing she did, I thought, well, she might love my work, but she hasn't got a clue how it sounds (laughs) because she she kept changing things. Every... I don't know, it's interesting how people change things. Mm. I mean, when I was in Seven Writers, there was some, mm. we used to look at one another's work, and, and there was one person mm. who'd say, Oh, Marion, look at this sentence. I don't like that sentence. And I mm. thought, 
Every time she unerringly puts her finger on the sentence that lifts the whole thing, that gives it its mm. character, that mm. gives my personality to it. Because and it was a bit funny. I mean, yes. I do do things a bit because funny. her personality was different to yours. Hers that's, was that's different, fine. and I mm. learned not to take any notice of her. Mm. I'd say, "Oh, yeah, good." Mm. So but, the message for the emerging writers here is: find an editor that you can work that with. That you can work with. Absolutely, yes. I think that's really and, important. But you really. I, I don't want to knock editors because I think you have to take notice of them. Um, anybody who doesn't take Absolutely. a notice of an editor is an idiot yeah. because editors save you from things. Absolutely. Because readers yeah. pick them up. It was really funny. In, <laughs> yes. Um, it was one of the Apricot Kernel books. Mm. The woman said, oh, she felt sick after lunch and she said it was a dodgy prawn and then she said it was a dodgy oyster mm. and I had so many letters from people saying well was it a prawn or an oyster <laughs> and of course the Isn't point was funny? it wasn't either she was pregnant and she'd had yes. too much to eat and she felt sick it was yes. morning sickness yes so in a way the dodgy prawn or the dodgy it's oyster irrelevant. was irrelevant because <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> she had wonderful bad. that writers that, I mean uh, readers are writing to you about little things about like tiny that things like so that. obviously they're reading you very very oh, carefully oh very carefully in the latest book somebody picked me up on the fact that um that Barbara's um, grand family house was in Ainsley at one moment and in Reed at another. And I thought, oh, oh stuff, who, who missed this? It's a bit yes. like the heroine's eyes changing <laughs> colour. <laughs> and um, nobody else, only, only one person picked, that um, up. picked it up. But um, it was the Canberra Times journalist who interviewed oh, me, and I no. thought, "Oh, oh you're a, a good reader. You read this very well, <laughs> very carefully." Yeah, yeah. and I oh, thought, well. "Where was that house? Was it in yes. Ainsley or was it in Reed? I think it was possibly in Reed." Mm. She wanted to think it was in Ainsley because she thinks Ainsley is right. friendlier than Reed. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting! Mm. And um, and so. Um, what are you working on now? Are you? I'm writing memoir yeah. now. Oh, how wonderful! Which is great fun, and I'm writing it the way I write things, which mm. is not starting at the beginning and going no. through, but writing it in all sorts of bits so that the whole thing when you have memories, a whole things, mm. yeah, and then you stitch it together. So mm. it's not sort of I was born in Newcastle. No, and that's not and so not the so way forth. good memoirs and are written. I don't written. think so. No, so it's, no, it's just Kate Grenville. Um, uh, you know, she's. Um, Writing her mother's. Uh, That's fascinating. Yeah, that's that fascinating, book, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I talked to her at the um, ANU about it. We mm. had a lovely conversation, and I didn't make any. I had three things written on a bit of paper to talk right. to, to references to the book that yes. I wanted to discuss. But yes. apart from that, I kept my nerve. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just talked to her. Um, and people were very happy with that. They and good. Kate talked to me because she read my stuff, and we talked oh, that's about good. we talked about being women and writers, which was yes. quite interesting. Which is um, mm. um, because there's a wonderful bit in that where she talks about Elizabeth Taylor, yes, and how her mother was so impressed with Elizabeth Taylor because she talked about, talked about women's lives. She wrote about yes. ordinary women's things. And I mean ordinary ordinary mm. lives, and um, and one day when Kate was about twelve and was bored, her mother gave her an Elizabeth Taylor 
book to read. <laughs> and and we talked about that because I do, this is a kind of hobby horse of mine, yes. I do think you get somebody like Jonathan Franzen who writes about these uh, things and everybody falls about and says, isn't this wonderful? This is the I really important stuff of life. Freedom? I he could talks, not finish I it. I, I couldn't even... I read, I, I read, I read few, the corrections but, and I read uh, another one. But, mm. you know, this this is what life's about. This is mm. where it's really at. Mm. And um, somebody like John Banville or, mm. or William Trevor, they write about That's that different. domestic yes. life. But when women do it, people say, oh, this is women's books, this is women's stuff. She and quit. that makes mm. me so angry. Yes. That... <laughs> um, because men are surely ordinary lives are important ordinary lives are, to everybody. I mean, I it's a bit like um, people saying about a movie, oh, fabulous, the special effects were great. Yes. Well, I think the more the special effects, the less good the movie. Usually. <laughs> I mean, you can look at it and, it and it's great fun and you think, mm. geez, that's brilliant. How do they do that? Isn't that yes. clever? Yes. But, but, but what the makes substance a movie is good is yeah. not anything at no. all to do no. with special effects. And, it's in the um, script, isn't it's it? It's in the script. It's Absolutely. In, it's in yeah. the human relations. And I used to be a great yeah. fan of a lot of those old French movies where people sat oh, yes. round at dinner and, um, and you know, it was like a Jane Austen novel. Yes. Not, not a lot happened on the surface, <laughs> but the tensions and the interplay yes. and so on. Yes. Just stunning. That's, that's, that's what I want to know. That's what's book. really interesting. That's what's it's the human really interactions, interesting. isn't it? It's the human interactions. Because it's and I think men are getting better. I think yes. for youngs, men, women have always read books, I think, mm. to find out how the world works. Yes. Um, if you want, you talk to your friends, you talk to other women, but you also read novels to see. You know, what it's like having a baby, what it's like mm. bringing up kids, what mm. it's like doing this and that. Whereas men have tended to read books to find out about history or economics or mm. or how that battle went or, yes. you know, how that prime minister governed or something. Mm. And I think men are getting better at seeing that books... Because mm. now um, they often go into book groups, I gather. Not that I've really? come across oh, them much. I didn't know. I always thought book men, groups are mostly female. They are mostly female, but yes. there are some male book groups and well, some good, book groups that have men in them. That's and I think great, somebody said men retire a bit earlier than they did. Well, mm. maybe that's no longer Not true. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> and so they read books. That's what they do. That's a really interesting question. Interesting I might question, go onto Facebook and ask that question. I Does would. anyone See. know of any men who are going to book groups? Mm. I think mm. that'd be very interesting. I've been to book groups with men in them. Right. Mostly they're all women, but yes, um, they might be just mm. the ones that invite me to go to them. But I have been to a couple mm. that had men oh, in them. That's good. That's great. So um, you're writing um, novels now and no more short stories? Or yeah, do you I'm, still, I'm write still writing short stories. Short stories. Right. There's a short story thing that you might find interesting called RAF, Review of Australian Fiction, and it's digital. Right. And right. it comes out every fortnight. Right. And it's... Um, oh, you can you can see it on Facebook. Nigel no? Featherston's okay. got a... Or they might call it review. Oh, is it Nigel Featherston's thing? No, it's not his thing. Um, This 
well, probably it was the last fortnight, um, mm. had a story by me and a story by him in it. Right. The way they do it is they tend to have a kind of emerging writer. I think Nigel's yes. pretty emerged, really. But um, <laughs> yes. a more established writer. So oh. they have a pair of writers. Right. Oh, that's and you have to buy it. Yes. It costs $2.90 yes. or something. Yes. And it comes out every fortnight, which mm. is pretty frequent. That's a lot. And um, the editor's a chap called Matthew Lamb. Right. But I think if you Google Review of Australian Fiction... Right. We'll find a few it. short stories. Yeah. yeah. Do you find short stories harder to write than... than uh, I'm... My big passion is to try to write a really good short story because I find it very I difficult. I just love it. Um, Do you? It, well, it's, I is it harder writing. than a novel, though? I mean, it's you, different. Got, it's a novel jogs along. A novel yes. has a lot of, a lot of. <laughs> it's hard to say without sounding really rude about it. A novel has to get from place to place. Yes, it has to get people around. It has to get yes. things happening. Now, I tend to write novels rather as collections of short stories. Even this latest Gee. one, if you look at it, really? the things are a bit discreet. And Valley of oh. Grace was very. It was a set of stories, all of which linked up and right. all which kind of curled around one another. Right. Um, and in in one, in Valley of Grace, this is, um, mm. you have the same characters in all of them, but some mm. characters are the main characters and others are lesser. Right. And it seems to me this is what life's like. We're all the main characters in our own stories of and course. bit players in yes. other people's stories. And so I'm quite interested in that way of doing things. Yes. But I do tend, when I write novels, the chapters I do write a bit separately. And I think right. that's because when I started writing, I had little kids and I had a job part-time job mm. and um, short stories were what presented themselves they were what worked and mm. I found that when I was um, I'd, I'd take the kids to music and sit in mm. the car for half an hour and it was amazing what you could right. do um, thinking of things in half an yes. hour like that and I was so highly trained that everything I saw turned into a short story now I'm not so highly trained as that now right. I've kind of lost that a bit which I'm sort of a bit sad about Mary, do you still... remember your very first piece that was published? oh what was my well when I was coming up to my 40th birthday and thought I have to do it now, I had a story. Mm. I sent out a whole lot of stories. I had mm. one in Quadrant, one in Southerly. Mm-hmm. What's the other one in? I think it might have been in The Australian or something. I sort of right. remember those. I think the very first story I ever had published was in the Women's Weekly. They had a wow. competition, and I sent something to the Women's Great. Weekly, and um, and it and it won a didn't won win a major prize, but mm. it won a sort of small prize, and then mm. I got some money, and there it was. And years later, I tried to get published in the Women's Weekly, and I'd send them a story, and and Richard Walsh was the editor, and he'd mm. send it back. And he'd say, oh, I don't think this is for us. Why don't you try a literary magazine? And mm. I'd send him another story. And so I'd tried literary magazines. I'd been published in literary magazines. I want to get published into the <laughs> Women's Weekly. And then finally, one day, he said the story back. And he said, 
This story is not for us. There's too much unease in it. Mm. And I was very interested in that because I thought he's absolutely right. I stopped trying then because I thought I'm not going to give up the unease. That's what I like in short stories. It's the It's the unease that that matters. That's why you have it. Yes. And so um, I was very grateful for Mm. him for that little insight into Mm. what makes the stories work. So, but I still write short stories. Yeah, mm. it's hard to get them published these days. Mm. I mean, there seems to be a, a, a renewed interest in short stories. Everybody says so. Yes. And what's the, the interesting thing that happened recently was that the Vogel was won by a collection of short stories, mm. which wouldn't have happened once. No, no. Um, but I think I think yeah, but flash I think fiction and you that know that's thing, very yes. very big online. Yes, it certainly. is. It is. Mm. There's a lot mm. of that sort of flash fiction mm. stuff, and that that is interesting. And tell me, Marion, did you read Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I didn't. You didn't. Oh, oh I didn't want to. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I yes, I I I read it because I I was furious about people putting it down who had never read it. Yes, yes. And I thought, right, well, I'm interested in emerging writers and she was an emerging writer. She's an em- <laughs> And so I read it and uh, I read it through the first one. I was not um, I was not uh, feeling like reading any more than one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I found was that she actually has little, like any emerging writer, there are little glimpses of brilliance oh, ar- yes. with... You know, encased in a lot of clunky writing. Yeah. And the sex scenes were very um, repetitive, I thought. <laughs> so often are. Interesting. But, you know, I didn't think it was about sex at all. Oh. I think it was about psychology. Yeah. This man had something happened in his childhood that he yeah. was so kinky. Yeah. And I think the readers want to know what happened to him. You know, what made him like that? I think it's the psychology behind it, although they use mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. to sell the book, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, yeah. I didn't read it because I'm no. not very lazy about what I read. I hardly read any... I did read The Girl on the Train the other day. Right. And how was that? Did you enjoy awful. that? <laughs> it was awful? You thought it was awful? Well, I thought it was kind of... Yeah. I didn't believe it. Yeah. I thought it was silly. Yeah. What about Gone Girl? I haven't read that. No. Yeah. See, thought... I've started reading things on my iPad because yes. you can see the house has got books yes. piled up everywhere. Yes. It's too much. I'm yes. trying not to get any more books in the house. So now it's a and Kindle. So it's, it's <laughs> Kindle really on not, iPad. It's a, it, and and, um, and that's quite an old. See, I'm reading this as a friend of mine. Oh. I said to her, oh, I wanted to read Mansfield Park, but I couldn't Jane find Austin. it. Yeah. I don't know where Lovely. my copy is. And Lovely. she said, I'll send you one. So I started <laughs> oh, reading. that's lovely. I just read Emma again. I was reading... Oh, um, I loved Emma. Emma was my favourite. Emma's great. Absolutely. I was reading a book called Brother of the More Famous Jack by a woman called Barbara really? Trapedo. It was her right. first novel. It's just been wow. reissued, I think with an introduction by Rachel Cusk. So I thought, yes. I'll read this. And I got it um, on as an e-book and mm. read it. 
And whenever anything goes wrong, she reads Emma. She retires into reading Emma. Right. And her philosophy professor says, no sex in Emma. And she said, what do you mean? Remember Mrs. Um, Weston's baby? It grows out of its caps. Now, where there's a baby, there's sex, she <laughs> says. <laughs> I thought that How was delightful. so good. And <laughs> reading lovely. Emma, I thought, there's a lot of sex in Emma. There's yeah, a lot of, of sex. Of course. Sexual tension. Sexual all that tension sort of... all the time. They might Absolutely. not use the word. They uh, And I love the bit where Mr Elkin, um, Elton sits next yes. to her in the carriage and makes violent love to her. And he takes her by the hand <laughs> and tries to persuade her to marry him. And she's yes. appalled and shrinking into the corner. That's about... <laughs> Well, it's about marriage, I yeah, suppose. Well, it's interesting, though. I mean, in the olden days, we used to... Um, <laughs> listen to me talk like an oldie. But we used to... Uh, it's the anticipation and it's the yes. imagination that... that that And that's why books are so powerful, because it's the reader's because imagination. it's the reader's imagination. Yeah, you and give that's them how the power. you want to make it work. Yes, yes. Because, and, and when you look at those bad sex awards... They're all because they've got absolutely awful metaphors and you look yes. at them and think, oh, don't be stupid. <laughs> I remember a book once and I quote this to students quite often when I'm talking to them about metaphors yes. and somebody, a girl's up on a sort of mezzanine watching her yes. parents making love and, um, and her father's buttocks are shifting like <laughs> sand dunes and I thought, no... We don't want sand dunes when we're having sex. This is not a good picture. It's not something we want to have in our minds. And, of course, when you say that to people, they can absolutely see it, that it's the stupidest image and and, and makes you feel terribly uncomfortable. So, you know, that's 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 what's wrong with those things. Yes, Yes. you you have some more. They're too explicit. They they don't leave anything to your imagination, whereas a good sex scene leaves yes. it all to your imagination. And I must say, Emma does... Oh, thank you. Emma does a great job of leaving things to the imagination. Mm. Mm. Which mm. is wonderful. Which is very good. Mm. Well, I... Um, I really would love to talk to you for hours, but we I could guess... do it. We could do it. <laughs> we could we do it. Have you asked me everything? Yes. Oh, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to answer? Probably not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Any tips to emerging writers? There's a lot of emerging writers. Read. 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 That's Thank my you. big tip. Yes. And I always think I had a son who spent some years as being a rock musician. And what do rock musicians do? They listen to, to other music. rock musicians. And imagine yes. a rock musician saying, oh, no, I don't listen to music, which is what some um, would-be writers do. They say, oh, no, I don't read. Um, <laughs> it's no, extraordinary, no. isn't and, it? And I think you've got to read and read and read, and then you've got yes. to write and write and write, and that's what you do. And, um, and um, yeah... And, and and read what you write. Yes. And people say, I'm scared of reading when I'm writing. Mm. But if you read voraciously enough, then it doesn't affect you. you no. You're not going to start, you know, writing like Patrick White or <laughs> no, Calvino or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, provided you, you, you're reading broadly enough and making something out of that. 
Yeah. And I think that's um, that's the thing, read. Yes. See what other people are doing. Absolutely. Um, a friend of mine who's a writer got a, a, an email from a person she taught once and said, oh, I don't think I'm very good at, at opening sentences. Can you tell me about how to do good opening sentences? And she said, go to a library, take books <laughs> off the shelf, look at other people's opening <laughs> sentences, sense, see it? which ones work. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that seems to me to be the thing, to look at, yes. so that you can do that. And, mm. of course, a painter looks at other people's paintings, mm. but particularly I think it's important for, mm. um, for would-be writers to learn by looking at how other people do things. Yes. Yes, read the books that that you absolutely Mm. love Mm. and try to analyse Mm. what it is they do Mm. (laughs) that works. I must say, when I read a book that I just love, I want to go and write a book myself. (laughs) There's not going to be anything like the book I'm reading. No, no. It's just making me think, oh, oh, there's things to be written. I should be writing. It's wonderful. (laughs) Well... Thank you very, very much, Marion Halligan. Oh, thank and you, Susan. I um I urge everybody to buy Marion's books, all of them, not just the latest one. You can't buy all of them. Some of them oh, are out of print. Oh. All the ones I've done with Alan and Unwin are e books, but yes. um I've got to get some of that backlist. Lovers Knots, for instance, it's not yes. an e book. We've got to get no. that an e book. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au and if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe.